given the disappointing really last year and a half of Florida Gators football, they desperately need to have a great 2025 recruiting class. We're going to talk about that here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free reviews in the podcast and on YouTube. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Giants Country NFL 33. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. And right now, new customers join today. And you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit fanduelcom slash locked on to get started. And I'm just saying, you do that before the Super Bowl, then you have $200 in bonus bets. Just saying, $200 in bonus bets to spend in the Super Bowls. One hell of a uh, of a balance to, you know, free money. Just saying. But today we are talking about the Florida Gators' biggest needs as it currently stands for the 2025 recruiting class. And I want to do something like this every few weeks or every month to just kind of talk about what needs they have, what needs have been addressed. Uh, and we'll have Brian Smith, Lockdown's Recruiting Insider, to help talk about actually specific players uh, for the Florida Gators. And for now, I, I think I think most of us agree offensive line is something where Florida desperately has to improve recruiting here. Rob Sale, Darnell Stapleton have been here for two full seasons and the offensive line recruiting has just been lackluster, disappointing. Like you, you could use either one. And here's the thing that I know that I'm not trying to be critical of the high school recruits that Florida did bring in because I do like the recruits that Florida brought in. However, outside of Fletcher Westfall and Rod Kearney, I didn't love the recruits that Florida brought in. That's the difference on the offensive line. I, I've liked all of them because again i do see that there's the potential with a lot of those players so that's why i like it because they they've been bringing in players that have high ceilings which is good if you can develop them properly and if you have time to develop them but they haven't brought in guys that i love that i'm like oh you can play early like i don't think fletcher westfall should start this year I, i don't think he should play too much this year as most offensive tackles i'm not going to say that However, 2025, he's someone that I think can play. And I think that's I think that's a big uh a big compliment, I guess I'll say, that I think, hey, you need one year of development and a strength and conditioning program, and then I'm cool with you hitting the starting lineup. And Rod Kearney is someone that I did I did want to play early on. I'm not gonna pretend that I didn't want that. Uh, I was very high on him coming out of high school. And hey, he he didn't play in 2023, but I do think 2024 there's a path there. I would move him back to guard because, again, Rod Kearney is someone that was a guard in high school. Florida moved him to center. And then now I think I think that it's genuinely a possibility to move him back to guard because they moved him to center. And then Jake Slaughter had a good year in 2023. And so I think that you can look at that and go, okay, well, Jake Slaughter had a good year. We've got him for another couple years probably. 
Maybe we move Rod Tierney back to guard and we kind of address that position that has a terrible talent deficit right now. And you can go into 2024 with a, a decent guard group or a young guard group. And honestly, a young interior line completely if it's Rod Kearney, Jake Slaughter, and Najee Harris, who, again, I liked Najee Harris. I didn't love him as a recruit. He significantly outperformed my expectations early on. But Florida needs to add more blue chip talent to the offensive line room. It, it's just desperately and horribly lacking right now. And I understand there's only so many blue chip offensive linemen that can go around. However, this is the University of Florida. I expect you to be great. And I know Ben Chase, who works for the UAA, said, or works for the university, said, you know, this is Florida when he was here. He was like, this is Florida. Greatness isn't the goal, it's the expectation. And right now, recruiting the offensive line, they have not done that at all. So you desperately need to get better there. I don't care who it is that brings in that talent, but you need to improve the offensive line recruiting for Florida. And defensive back is another one that I think is a huge need for the Gators in 2020 or for the 2025 recruiting class. It's another area where recruiting hasn't been very good. And it's another area where I say, hey, I like the guys you brought in, but I don't love the guys that you brought in. And given that you are in the state of Florida, that should be a very easy position to address because the state of Florida just breeds high-ranking defensive backs. They breed blue-chip defensive backs, and the University of Florida has not been able to bring them in consistently. They've, done, they've gone for the long athletes, which I understand, especially when you have Corey Raymond, and he's the guy who's like, well, I, I've, I've built DBU at LSU. I could bring in all these guys and develop them. And I understand bringing in long athletes when you have that because then you go, you're long, you're athletic, and now we just got to make you actually good at football, and you're going to be a freaking menace. And I get that. But again, Florida hasn't really brought in program-changing defensive backs. Like, you could even look at Jason Marshall. And he has not lived up to expectations. You can argue that's on the coaching staff. You can argue that's on him. However, he was a, a, the elite of the elite at cornerback when he came to Florida. Like, like coming out of high school, he was the elite of the elite at corner. Florida hasn't brought that in since him. And I understand it's only been a few years, but with how recruiting works, a few years can be a pretty long time, especially when you look at how many times one of the top three defensive backs in the country have come out of the state of Florida, and you're the premier program in that state. You are the flagship university of the state, and you haven't been able to bring in the elite defensive backs where Florida for a long time was in the conversation or at the top of the conversation for DBU. And looking at guys like Jakeem Jackson and Jameer Grimsley, I, I did love them as recruits. Again, though, I think that that's looking at upside players. And I I look at ja I look at Jakeem Jackson and I look at Jameer Grimsley as what we think he can become. And I love that, but I think we need more of we know he's probably gonna be a pretty damn good football player. Like when Jason Marshall, again, just to use him as another example, he has not panned out, correct. But he's one of those guys where when he joined the recruiting class, you were like, We know he's we know that there's a good chance he's a pretty damn good football player. Whereas you look at the Jakeem Jackson, you, you look at the Jameer Grimsley, and they're long athletes that can become truly elite. However, they have lower floors there because they, they need a lot of work, and that's fine. But you need to bring in more guys that you look at and you say, we know he could be damn good with a bit of refinement. And Florida hasn't brought that in. And I think that when you're looking at who's available in the state, again, we'll, we'll talk more with Brian Smith 
about who's available in the state and just in the country, really. But when you look at who's available in the state this year at both these spots, I think you're looking at, okay, this is the time for Florida. If you're ever going to turn it around under Billy Napier and this coaching staff, this is the year you really have to hammer it home. And you should probably try to actually keep the class together this time around. Call me crazy, but bold strategy, God, and let's see how it pays off for him. If you could actually do that, maybe we have a different conversation to how things have been trending. But we're about to look at some other aspects of the 2025 recruiting class for the Florida Gators. But first, we're going to get a quick word from FanDuel. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Happy Super Bowl week to you and yours and me and mine from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, placing some super bets. They added, I need you to know like how insane this is. They added for the Super Bowl, fastest ball carrier. And that's that kind of nerd crap that I love. Like, like you can bet on who's going to be the fastest ball carrier. And there's layers to it because you go, well, Mecole Hardman is one of the fastest players in the NFL. But if he doesn't touch the ball and he doesn't get into open space, he's not going to be the fastest ball carrier. Debo's not that fast. He's more of like an, a, a shifty and power guy. He's not very fast. CMC's probably not going to get open running room like that. Isaiah Pacheco's not. You talk about guys like Marquez Valdez-Scantling, does he really get catch and run opportunities? He might be really fast before the catch, but is he going to need to maintain that speed running straight? Or is he just going to be open at that point? Or is he going to catch the ball at all? Kadarius Tony, kick returns. Only twice this year, the fastest player on the field, the fastest ball carrier has been kick returner. I'm just saying, there's layers to this, and I love it, and it's incredible. New customers, join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's fanduel com slash locked on make every moment more with FanDuel an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. We're going to talk about the premium positions for the Florida Gators here, and I know that this is a thing that I constantly harp on with the premium positions. It's what I do for college and the NFL, and I think that it's a Strategy that you can't really deny the premium positions of quarterback, pass catcher, offensive tackle, pass rusher, and cornerback, outside cornerback. And for Florida, you look at the 2025 class, and we'll include 2024 here. At quarterback, you have DJ Lagway. But quarterback's also a spot where you want to go every year. Every year, you want to build basically a, a roster, a depth chart of we uh, got guys at every position. So quarterback is one of those spots, especially when you look at one, how often guys don't pan out and two, how often guys transfer for whatever reason, Florida right now, again, we'll get into specifics with Brian Smith, but Florida right now looks genuinely in play for quite a few quarterbacks that are quite a few blue chip quarterbacks where it's like, all right, maybe the Gators have a guy that they can actually bring in. I know this 2024 class by now you had, uh, by now, right now, you had DJ Lagway, and he was kind of helping you build this class out. You don't have that quarterback yet, but I don't think it's something to panic about because DJ Lagway admittedly had committed early because he was like, I want to help build my class. 
Um, and so for quarterback, you, you're in on a lot of guys. You've kind of branched out. You got Ohio with Ryan Montgomery. You, you've gone through and you're looking good to land at least one blue chip guy here. At pass catcher, not a concern for me whatsoever. Uh, you have Josiah Abdullah, who's a three-star that I do expect to rise. And we talked about this when Josiah Abdullah committed a few weeks ago, about a month ago, of he's not a blue-chip receiver right now, but we're both pretty confident that by the end of the cycle, he will be. Because you look at his offer sheet, it's the SEC, basically. You look at Josiah Abdullah's offer sheet, he's got offers from everywhere. And you don't have that if you're not a good football player. And so Josiah Abdul is someone that I do expect to rise. Like not even just, not even just that Florida has been good at bringing in guys that rise over time, but that you look at all the programs that are pursuing him. Yeah, he's a pretty good football player, and recruiting rankings will catch up to that. I understand that Florida's not done a good job of bringing in a true X receiver so far, and I mean honestly, just just no success at bringing them in. But that's also a thing where I think. This is going to sound kind of, uh, kind of, kind of ignorant to it, but I, I don't think you need an X receiver to be that guy anymore. I, I think you need a guy who you could just go, hey, get the ball in his hands and let him make plays in any way, shape, or form. Just get him the ball and let him make plays. And I think that's modern football, modern college football, especially. And I think Florida's done a pretty good job there. Like you haven't brought in many, you know, the, the six three. 185 pound guy that's going to bulk up and become a just dominant X. But again, that's not really the guy that you need in modern college football. You can have just speed everywhere, get them the ball short, let them run, get them the ball and let them run deep and throw the ball to them deep. You can work that. I think Florida's done a fantastic job when we look at just bringing in speed demons under both wide receiver coaches that they've had. Kerry Colbert, and Billy Gonzalez, they've done a good job of just bringing in speed demons. And I do look at Eugene Wilson III as someone that I say, hey, not only were you a blue-chip receiver, not only were you a freshman All-American, but when you watch the film of him actually running routes and, and moving, you look at someone that you go, okay, you are actually a pretty genuinely good receiver, not just a guy who you could put the ball in his hands and let him make plays. Like, we saw him used for most of 2023. That was my biggest critique of his play was not even him. It was how he's used, which with Ricky Pearsall now NFL bound after freaking dominant senior bowl week. Uh, I think we look at Eugene Wilson, the third role, expand more and become less gadget, more just weapon in every way, shape and form. Offensive tackle is something that we spoke about already last segment that Florida's just not brought in enough blue chip guys. And even I mentioned, you know, Florida's brought in a bunch of guys I like and only two players that I love. Only one of them was an offensive tackle in Fletcher Westfall. And he's a true freshman this year. Don't expect much from him, if anything, this year. You need to bring in more high-quality blue-chip offensive tackles. And even most of the guys that Florida's brought in, we look at as could maybe play tackle, but could definitely play guard if it doesn't work out a tackle. And you, you got to bring in guys where you go, he's a tackle, and he's going to be probably a pretty good one at that. And Florida's been in on a lot of those guys, but has not been able to really nail any of them there. Francis Maui Goa, Samson Okunlola, who I get it. Um, Francis Maui Goa had a lot of penalties and Samson Okunlola didn't play. Don't care. Still would have loved to have him in the 2023 recruiting class uh, when Florida desperately needed help there. Pass rusher is 
something where I feel like Florida's brought in a lot of guys who have high floors as well-rounded defenders. Uh, you look at like Kelby Collins as someone who I don't think he's ever going to be a dominant premier pass rusher, but I think he's going to be a damn good football player that could genuinely get to the NFL and be a moderately early pick. That's great. But I would like to see Florida bring in a, a high ceiling pass rusher or more high ceiling pass rushers, because I do think TJ Searcy is someone that can be that high ceiling pass rusher. We didn't really see him put it all together as a true freshman in 2023. But when you look at just just the, the length, the size, the athleticism, the bend that he has around the corner, I think that's where you look at, okay, he could be a dude at, uh, at that jack spot. And I think Kelby Collins can still be a pretty damn good, like Kelby Collins can be a very good pass rusher. I'm talking the elite, the elite, the world wrecking guys. And I thought Jamonta Waller had a good shot of being that, um, despite being undersized. I do think that he just had, he had a pretty good shot at it, but didn't retain him. And he went to Auburn and then everyone left on the coaching staff. Cornerback. We spoke about this. Need it. You, you have not brought in a guy that is a dude at corner, um, a, a proven dude, a, a definite dude. You brought in a bunch of guys who were receivers, corners, and can be high-ceiling players. I want a dude at corner, and uh, hopefully Will Harris can get that done, but not saying he can't at all. I'm just saying hopefully he can do it, but we haven't seen it in Gainesville uh, under Billy Napier. Corey Raymond is gone. Maybe things change. And also, Corey Herman went to LSU and all of a sudden could recruit again. What the hell? And I know that I know that a lot of it's that players don't leave Louisiana. But still, what the hell? Um, we are about to talk about replacement recruiting, where you've got guys probably leaving after this year, and you've got to attack that as well. And for Florida, there's a couple of those spots that we'll talk about. But first, we're going to get a quick word from eBay Motors. With passion, drive, and patience, that's what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered with over, guess what, 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber and not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And remember that eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. To wrap up today's show, we are talking about that replacement recruiting that I talked about where you look at who is on the depth chart, who is on the roster right now, and what they've got eligibility-wise, what their NFL draft status is, and how you're going to replace them with depth. Because what you're really trying to do with replacement recruiting is you're not, like running backs the first spot we're going to talk about. You're not looking at them and going, oh, Montrell's NFL bound after this year, Cam Carroll and Jacoby Jackson will both likely be gone. Like you should be losing Cam Carroll, Montreal Johnson, and Jacoby Jackson all after this year. You're not looking at the 2025 recruiting class and going, okay, now we need to replace all of them this year, or we need to replace two of them this year. You're not looking at replacing any of them on the field for this year. You're looking at when Cam Carroll, Montreal Johnson, and Jacoby Jackson are gone, 
you've got three scholarship running backs after that. You've got Trayon Webb, who just finished his true freshman year. You've got Jaden Ball, who is a 2024 commit, and Kanan Daniels, who's a 2024 commit. And again, fan of all of them. Loved, loved Kanan Daniels' film. Like his high school, I think he might be the high school running back that I loved his film the most. Like out of any of the running backs that I've watched, I was a huge fan of Kanan Daniels. You're not looking at replacing Cam Carroll, Montreal Johnson, and Jacoby Jackson, the 2025 kid. You're looking at replacing Cam Carroll, Montreal Johnson, and Jacoby Jackson with those three, Trayon Webb, Jaden Ball, and Kanan Daniels. What you're looking to do in 2025 is replace Trayon Webb, Kanan Daniels, and Jaden Ball depth-wise. That's what 2025 is for. Like That's the replacement recruiting. You're losing starters, your depth become your starters, and you're looking to replace your depth with 2025 recruits. And so for Florida, running back is one of those needs that that's a big one for you. Like you truly don't have anybody beside or anybody, uh, I guess grade-wise, below Cam Carroll, Montreal Johnson, or Jacoby Jackson until you get to the guys who are true freshmen this year and try on web. Which means depth-wise, like you gotta stack the depth. That's what you're doing with recruiting. And for Florida, running backs a spot you have to hit there. Defensive line is another one. When you look at, you're going to lose at least Joey Slackman and Cam Jackson this year. You've got them both going NFL bound. Again, I thought Cam Jackson is going to be NFL bound this year. In fact, I told the subtext group this. I spoke to his agent at the Senior Bowl, and I can tell you now, it was like, yeah, he was gone. Like he was going and then decided to come back is looking to kind of improve a little bit of his stock and go again. I've said that. I don't know what, I don't know exactly how much he can improve it unless he develops as a pass rusher. But from what I've been told, been working to do that. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what we get from Cam Jackson in 2024. Uh, Desmond Watson will have one year of eligibility. If I'm not mistaken, after this year, Kayla Banks will is NFL eligible. Tyreek Sapp is NFL eligible. If either of those guys have big years or fall off, they could transfer, go to the NFL. Uh, Jamari Lyons will be back, most likely. Gavin Hill, Makai Boyroe, DeAndre Robinson will all be here. But on the interior of that defensive line, not a ton. LJ McCray is likely going to be playing that F, that strong side edge spot. So not including him in this, not including Kelby or Cam James or TJ Searcy. We're talking about that interior defensive line. You've got to add more to it. Like, like you've got to constantly add. And nose tackle is a spot where it's tough to know if you really can replace that this year because when you look at the nose tackle spot, there's not good guys that come out every year that everybody can get. Like, there's there's not 15, 20 guys where you go, oh, they're at their SEC guys that we know are going to be SEC guys. Florida luckily brought in two of them this year, Makai Burrow and DeAndre Robinson. Um, but you've got to continue to stack that talent and look at three tech now behind that, that that pass rusher, more, more pass rushing style defensive lineman. You've got to add, you got to stack talent there. Receiver is another one that, again, I, I'm not concerned with receiver recruiting, but it is something that you, you've got to continue to add talent. You want to add three or four every year for a position that rotates as frequently as Florida wants to. And I realized that you look at Ricky Pearsall, Eugene Wilson, the third played a lot of snaps. They didn't rotate that frequently. I think that was more about how Florida felt about their depth this year at receiver. Um, look at Marcus Burke, not playing a ton. Jaquavin Frazier's not playing a ton. 
you're losing probably at least three of Jaquavian Frazier's and Shimari DK, who are seniors, Marcus Burke and Khalil Jackson, who are NFL-eligible juniors, need to add more to that room. And also, you have to, continue, you have to uh, consider that you might not have all those guys even going into this year. You look at Jaquavian Frazier's and Marcus Burke, they didn't play much last year. They're probably not going to, like, I, I don't expect them to be significantly improved and contribute significantly more. I like them both, genuinely. I think Jaquavian Frazier should get more respect as an X receiver where he's one of those guys where not a great separator, but I do think that he can win some more jump balls. And Marcus Burke is someone that I do think is a very good vertical spacer, just needs to continue uh, actually developing and, and kind of stacking DBs and getting over the top there. But you're probably losing at least three of those guys, and then you've just got a bunch of depth there, a bunch of young, fast receivers that are not very tall or not very large. Got to continue to add to that receiver room, especially if Florida is going to be trying to throw the ball a little bit more. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day, we are available daily and free reviews in the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Talk more Florida Gators football for Lockdown Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Giants, Country, NFL 33, and I'll see you all tomorrow.